It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. Welcome to the 35th episode of News Dump, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss. I'm snowbound local Aaron Vantile, joined as always by plowboy Eric Schwartz and wow, national boy. newsmaker Claudia <laughs> Yaw. We'll get to that in a second. It's, your, your descriptions were decidedly better than mine. It's Sunday, February 14th, and first of all, happy Valentine's Day to you too. And also, Snowmageddon is here. <laughs> Uh, some are saying it's the biggest snowstorm in the history of Centralia. No one some said that. Saying, <laughs> some, no one said that. Some are saying the biggest, like no snow we've ever seen before. Uh, we got around a foot here in the hub city. The power was out Saturday for a while, uh, thrusting our fair city into darkness. It was, it was like 11 in the morning. <laughs> I thought it was very dramatic. It was, it was quite it dramatic. It was sunny. <laughs> uh, a true apocalypse situation. I hope it melts soon. Uh, but there's been lots of good photos from Nightcrawler and Cron Air, and the verdict is in. People love them. Oh, yeah. I, I think that the, the drone should get its own byline from now on because Jared's getting like credit for what the drone is doing. The drone's doing all the work. It's going to become like self-aware, and we're all going to be in big trouble. It's very much like uh, Falcon and Red Hawk in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just not high in there. I don't know what that means. You, you, you know. Nerd. Uh, anyway, all the people are messaging Nightcrawler saying, Sir, sir, could you bring back Cron Air for more photos, please, sir? The snow also postponed the already belated start of the prep football season. Some games have been pushed to Monday night. Just awful. Some yeah. games, I think, have been played, but none around here. I believe Brandon Hansen, our friend in Chewila, was out covering a game on Saturday and said it was miserable. There wasn't even any snow. It was just really cold. Yeah, we had uh, sports editor Eric Trent on last week, and he got all excited that football was going to be back. And now this, I mean... 2021, am I right? <laughs> Can't this year just end? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's what's going on with the snow. Uh, any other snow takes from you two? Uh, no, I don't really have any snow takes. Um, I might not be able to get my car out of the back parking lot. Made some bad decisions on my way in today. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I will be happy to see it go. All right, Claudia, how do you feel about snow? I'm, I am anti. Interesting. Not a fan, very cold. All right, so that has uh, wrapped up our coverage of Snowmageddon. You can read more Tuesday. I was hoping Claudia would bring up the snow rake, but she didn't. My neighbors helped dig out my car. They gave me a rake. It was really nice. A snow rake. And then this 12-year-old girl, very sweet, was like, yeah, this is my why my mom didn't buy a Kia Soul. Oh. <laughs> I was like, sick, thank you. <laughs> Owned by children. Uh, just another day. So, Claudia, we have more... Uh, questions for you do you prefer a waffle cone or a bowl for your big scoop oh my goodness making (laughs) national news uh a story you reported on appeared in a new york times story on jamie herrera butler's account of a phone call between kevin mccarthy and former president trump on january 6th this was originally sourced to cnn uh you are let's see one, two, three, four steps away from a direct quote from the president. How does that feel? <laughs> it was like a fun 15 minutes when we all thought, oh, wow, is this story going to have any impact on the Senate trial whatsoever? 
And uh, very quickly we were like, oh, JK, this means it's, nothing it in not. terms of It was hot news from Friday night right up until Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was fun to see the multitude of Twitter, Twitter interactions, uh, not so much demanding, but... Uh, citing that local journalism was important and you should have been credited on the story. And was it originally your story? Or? No, the Daily News beat us to it. Um, yeah, the Daily News got it. Haven't, haven't heard of this publication. Um, <laughs> is that a newspaper in Washington State or yeah, regional? In, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, either way, like definitely very cool whenever uh, local stories have that big of an impact and I always seize on them and go on my Instagram story and I'm like friends if you're not subscribed to your local paper please do it like (laughs) this is why (laughs) and and as you said the whole thing centered on Herrera Butler's retelling of a story Kevin McCarthy the house uh house minority minority, yeah um had to say in in your write-up of this Claudia um Herrera Butler described Republicans calling for commander-in-chief to step in to no avail one heated conversation between House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Trump was chilling, Herrera Butler said. Quote, he said, well, Kevin, I guess they just, they're just they just more upset about this election theft than you are. The president was basically saying, nah, I'm okay with this. And, you know, when I read this story and you turned it in, I told, it was, told you it was like my favorite town hall story of all time. Mm-hmm. But I had read the Daily News story, and I know you had too. So it wasn't like, I didn't think it was a big deal. I mean, it yeah. was like a retelling. It seemed of like it should have been out there already. Classic yarn. Yeah. Yeah. CNN picks it up and runs it, and then the New York Times ran it, which I was very happy they linked back to your story. Yeah, that the was The New York cool. Times did. Has that, is that a first for you? Or? Yeah, yeah, with them, yeah. Did you send them your resume immediately after? <laughs> <laughs> My mom texted me and was like, can I like call other publications and give them your phone number? And I was like... Mother dearest. <laughs> you should have said yes. Yeah. I'd just so like sweet. to see her like calling the Seattle Times. I demand you you add a link for my daughter. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was a cool story. Uh, just altogether the the part where Herrera Butler basically challenged any of the Republicans that were around Trump when he allegedly said that. I thought that was interesting as well. So she kind of took this opportunity to say, well, I've been saying this for a while, and she linked to our story, Herrera Butler, that is, and the Daily News story. But since you brought it up again, uh, if any of these patriots want to um, add anything, now would be the time to do it. And they said nothing. Yes. (laughs) And so, like like the trial, we move on. Uh, now Jeez. we're going to talk about Great segue. The, <laughs> that was an <laughs> awful segue. I admit I had nothing just like on this next topic, which you've been <laughs> ranting about all day, <laughs> been thinking about this for weeks. So now we're going to talk about Transalta, uh, the little company that could and its property <laughs> in Lewis and Thurston counties, a mere, a mere smidgen of property. Uh, the original story headline I had jotted down on our notes was officials oppose Transalta land acquisition. And then there was an updated news story from later this week that ran Friday. Uh, for that headline, I put uh, officials really oppose Transalta land acquisition. That's pretty much, yeah, fair. Super That's what serious. Happened. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the short version is Transalta is, uh, is taking off. It's saying so long, Lewis County and is essentially letting Fish and Wildlife acquire its 9,600-acre tract that spans kind of between Centralia and Bucota. Uh, local officials do not like this. There are concerns that it'll tank tax revenue, which is the valid concern, 
And they have a plan. Fish and Wildlife has a tentative plan to introduce a few endangered species, which could hinder development for a number of reasons. Uh, also a valid concern, but one I feel has been a little bit overblown. But we'll get to that in a few minutes. Because you don't have any uh, spotted spotted owls on your... Not spotted owls. <laughs> you don't have <laughs> spotted frogs. You don't have either of those. And uh, you also don't have any pocket gophers on your property, Aaron, or else, or else you'd know the pain. Yes, uh, me, a person who lives on a tract of land that could never, ever be considered for further development. Uh, just a, just a real a niche tract <laughs> in, in Centralia. Um, so a few of the highlights I've drafted out here. One is Commissioner Lewis County Commissioner Sean Swoop's frog analogy was just a thing of performative beauty and drew the ire Are you at least going to read it? I'm, I, I will get there in a second. Um, actually, yeah, we'll, we'll pull that up here. Uh, I got it. You keep you keep ranting. Okay, I will continue ranting. Um, he had another comment in the Friday story. Quote, you can't contain wildlife, but wildlife can contain you, said Swope, who doesn't spend a lot of time at a zoo, apparently. Um, another <laughs> <laughs> state representative, Peter Abarno, said Fish and Wildlife has the wrong priorities, saying this doesn't benefit working families. The first-term Republican also argued that introducing threatened species, even if they remain in the designated wildlife areas, can carry a stigma that deters industry from moving in. Uh, I understand his intent, but I also feel like if we're worried about creating stigmas around Lewis County, maybe there are some additional steps that could be taken. Do go on, Aaron. Uh, you know, Lewis County has been in the headlines for various signs on either side of the freeway and either side of the political divide that maybe are equally important in bringing in industry and forward-minded thinking people. <laughs> so, so you, I'm not going uh, to comment Hamilton on either. Let's hear the- that frog quote! <laughs> <laughs> Where is that? The lollipop guild side are driving away development. Got it, got it. I don't think they're driving away got development. Got it, Aaron, you're on the record. If we're talking about <laughs> stigmas, however, the stigma that, well, we can't go to Centralia because they have the stigma spotted of those frogs. gay people, right? That <laughs> yes. queer community, is that what you're trying to say? That's what no. I thought he was driving <laughs> yeah. at, Claudia. No, I, yes. That's what I was driving. Watch, not the fact that the sign was watch torn your step, down. Watch Aaron. About to be canceled. Thin ice. Uh, yes, clearly. Would you like that frog quote now? Yeah, pull the frog. <laughs> hop it out here. Uh, I'll read his the the, the intro paragraph as well. Uh, Swope, Swope also raised concern with WDFW's plan to use the land for threatened or endangered species on its website. The agency said some of the habitat would be ideal for the western pond turtle, Oregon spotted frog, and streaked horned lark and swope said let's say they bring a frog in and that frog doesn't stay in that little area of the pond and it begins to hop over to the port of centralia well now economic development is going to stop there as well and then it begins to hop around and onto your property well now you can't build your house on that land you can't do any sort of development i'm glad he didn't use the turtle for that analogy it would have taken a while (laughs) it would have taken a while i I also chuckled at the quote, but I, I understand what he's saying, and I spend a lot of time up at the NVN in Yelm, and they are constantly dealing with property issues in mm-hmm. relation to the pocket gopher, and I can tell you it's a real headache. I, I mean, no offense to the gopher, but just thinking as a, a landowner who maybe you've been there for 30, 40 years, and suddenly you can't put a shed up on your property mm-hmm. because there's a gopher that's also been there for the same amount of time. It's it's frustrating. We, we deal with people um, fighting against that all the time. I, I understand that, and it's a valid concern. Concern, but it also the pocket gophers were were they reintroduced to that area? I don't think specifically so. Specifically to keep them safe. 
specifically to keep people from doing things with their property. Aaron. I don't think he's <laughs> militant to Mazama pocket George gophers. Soros himself dropped those pocket gophers <laughs> into Thurston County. Um, no, I think it's a little different when they're bringing in a species and dumping them in attractive land with nothing else there in order to keep the species from dying out than a pocket gopher that also happens to resign on an existing period of piece of land that's been there forever. Yeah. It's not a tit for tat metaphor. All I'm saying is uh, it's a short trip from uh, Transalta property to Schaefer Park where that frog could just slide into the Skookumchuck River, float all the way down to the Chehalis, drift down around the bend right there at the Port of Centralia. It's a significantly longer trip for a turtle. <laughs> it, is. Uh, it is. It's true. <laughs> uh, also, Cody Duncan, Boysfort legend and Transalta project lead, said the rest of the land would take massive investment to build on anyway. Due to open water and sloped hillsides, the alternative to a wildlife refuge would be logging, not development, which we'll get to that later. But that's a, I, I, I feel like that's a fair distinction um, and maybe something to look at rather than, rather than making it a wildlife habitat, whatever Fish and Wildlife wants to do with it. Um, and if the state acquired it, there would be annual payments in lieu of taxes, though those aren't as big as what Transalta's paying seems to be what... Dan Dory said she also wrote an op-ed that we'll get to a little later in Tales from the Takes page. Oh, okay. Uh, so a few questions I have for the two of you. And you How can about answer. just for Claudia? Because I want to be honest, I really don't know half as much as what Claudia knows about this. But so you'll want to weigh in. Take that with my opinion. <laughs> I'm ready. The first question. <laughs> this is Transalta's land. Can't they do whatever they want? Um. So I, like... I'm not a legal expert, uh, and one of the arguments that the county had in their later letter, which very forcefully opposed this, was that uh, this is unlawful, and they said mm -hmm. it kind of undercut their long-term county development plans. That was their argument. But WDFW, what they've been saying is this is very early in the process. Mm -hmm. You know, the details have not been fleshed out. Any or most of the parcels that do have potential for industrial development are actually being retained by Transalta because they have plans to potentially do that Tono Solar project that yeah. got pushed back or, or other industrial projects. And that also means that they have incentive to um, keep the frog from hopping over in industrial areas mm -hmm. side note interesting um, or the turtle from crawling so i think i don't have a definitive answer on whether you know their the commissioner's statement has legal standing mm -hmm. but the plan hasn't even been detailed yet um okay so it kind of sounds like maybe this is all a jumping the gun bit of being yeah. upset Okay. I think it's like positioning, maybe. I mean, yeah. it's early out, everybody. And what, that was one thing that surprised me, just having been around here for a long time, is seeing all of these local officials on the same page. Like, I surely see the benefits of turning it into a wildlife area. Like, that's if you're going to say that's a terrible idea, no matter what, then I don't share that opinion with you. Mm -hmm. But um, they are unified. I mean, as far as the commissioners, you've got the assessor in there. You've got city officials. Um, I haven't heard a least a loud Lewis County voice saying yet, you know what, this would be nice. So yeah, we did have a good letter on it from a former um, state rep um, candidate. He ran against Peter DeBarno, Zahn. Oh, yeah. Stephen Zahn, not Timothy Zahn. Yes, he Timothy wrote a Zahn, not Stephen Zahn. He wrote a letter to the editor that's worth checking out on uh, on the opinion page this week. Um, okay, uh, yeah. So yeah, basically, what my thoughts boil down to is: shouldn't Transalta be able to do what they want with it? And also, if Transalta can't find a profitable function for this land. What are the odds that Lewis County is going to be able to 
take it on, like, I don't know. I feel like a multinational corporation with a history of profitability probably has a good idea of what could be done with it to squeeze some money out of it. They also said as well, didn't they, Claudio, you'll have to confirm this for me, that the areas that like targeted for development mm-hmm. would be left and like they yeah. would they would kind like of form their area around that yeah. yes there's iPad one, for one there's one major exception which is 200 acres that are like at the heart of the proposed wildlife area and that there's a good chance that that would actually be, end up being part of the wildlife area just because it's a little impractical to build up a green power plant there. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, most of the other areas that could be developed, they're saving that for a reason. Yeah. And they said the rest of it, just because of all the open water and it's so hilly and stuff, it would be not very profitable to try to build on anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the comments, we will jump to a brief uh, bit of Facebook comment action. <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> On the comments from the original story, Commissioner Sean Swope did get in there and... Oh, did he mix it up in there? He didn't mix it up. He posted a link to the Fish and Wildlife's uh, feedback site where you can go give feedback. So if you have a strong opinion on this, I encourage you to go in and leave your feedback, uh, whatever it may be. And after Sean posted this, somebody replied with, Sean, tell me more about the attack of the frogs. <laughs> um, and then a series of gifts of flying, fighting frogs and a little boy on a dock in a frog mask falling in the water. <laughs> so great stuff, Facebook. High level of civil discourse. <laughs> Can I say one Very more good. thing about this story that we didn't mention? Um, the reason why a lot of uh, conservationists really support this is because... Um, it's positioned in this really unique way where it could act as a connection between the Cascades and the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And so there's this idea of like wildlife networks and when they break down and when you break down that natural movement of species, then you get islands of isolated habitat. And uh, one thing that uh, Conservation Northwest kind of explained to me was um, a bad thing that can happen when you get those islands is inbreeding mm-hmm. and other stuff like that. Um, so this would kind of be, be that linkage, and that's why people are so stoked on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. I think that's about all we have on that. I don't really want to talk about Transalta land anymore. I've been I'm just surprised that Claudia said the word inbreeding and you didn't giggle. I was going to bring up... I was expecting up, a joke. I, <laughs> I was going to mention your childhood in North Carolina, but figured I'd just... <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Jeez. Well, so, go next time. for the record, I'm for I'm all for opposing a big government land grab, but when the opposing side is also the government who wants to determine what happens to the land, it kind of it kind of takes that fight the power thing away a little bit. Um, so I don't know. I feel like there's probably you know what? It's 9,600 acres. You could do a lot of things with that. You could you could put some wildlife there. You could put maybe a NASCAR track there. <laughs> Uh, we'll golf, golf course. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, you know what? There's plenty of trends all the land to go around. So we'll come back to that in Tales from the Takes page. Uh, our other news item, we were, between the snow and this Transalta thing and the Herrera-Butler thing, there wasn't a lot of room for other news stories this week, but... Uh, I think you read the newspaper. There's plenty of other news. It was I, like cram-packed. Yeah, I read a lot too. of stuff. Uh Sunbridge Shopping Center mourns co-owners passing. Uh, Gus Salam led iconic Shayla store through disasters with honesty and passion. 
And he passed away last Saturday, February 6th, at the age of 75. Despite his declining health, he was working at the store just 24 hours prior to his death. Seemed like a great guy. Uh, Sunbirds has always been big on supporting local local organizations, local movements, sports teams. Um, I know they've always food been banks. A, food mm-hmm. banks, big advertiser in the Chronicle. They're big supporters of local journalism. Um, so, yeah, sad to see him go. Uh, thoughts? I thought Claudia did a really, really nice job on the story. I liked how you started it, kind of a narrative from the 2007 flood when they just got absolutely hammered. Um, I posted a picture on Facebook, actually, it was scheduled to go later, where they were kind of pointing up on the wall where the water went, and it was like, you know, six, seven, eight feet up in some portions of the building. Um, So... You you did just a really nice narrative, I thought, of uh, of the two co-owners, Ron Sturza and Gus Salome, um, kind of both being stranded up in those top story off- offices and yeah, that was a wild crying story. together and yeah. just worrying about their employees. And um, I think it was a, a big remains a big point of pride that they didn't give up then, and um, they have a very strong business. Or Gus leaves one behind, anyways. Um, so it was a nice job, Claudia. Thanks. Yeah, it's so cool to see like a partnership like that. That. Like, they met as co-workers in the 70s and worked with each other for so long and just got so close. That was It was cool to, to hear from Ron. Yeah, and then they end up, uh, they work together all that time, then the owners leave and they buy it together, mm-hmm. which is cool. It's Aaron and I's dream, actually, with the Chronicle. So. Whoa. <laughs> Someday, yes, when, when Chad dies. Uh, <laughs> and we will surely not be close behind because he is so much older than us. <laughs> Uh, let's go to Tales from the Takes page. They are all Transalta related. Oh, gosh. You're really, you're really hot on this story. I, the, you're sweet on this story, aren't you? You had your chance to edit the show notes, <laughs> and you passed, sir. I was working. So the first one comes from Julie McDonald, who spent half of her column writing about, uh, why not the new SeaTac 2 airport at IPAT, um, which is an interesting proposition. All the people in Toledo do not want an airport there. Because it would take upwards of 4,000 acres. And here is this Transalta land just sitting there <laughs> with upwards of 4,000 acres. I don't think I, people in Centralia would be too stoked on it any more than Toledo residents would be. I don't know. Centralia's a big fan of industry. I thought you were going to say in something else. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so she covers that. Um, she had some pretty good ideas in there. And those ideas were mirrored. In a column from former Chronicle editor and publisher Michael Wager. Hold on, we'll move on from that. Okay, all right, we'll go back to Julie. Uh, Another issue she brought up very shortly was that she had watched the Super Super Bowl and they started doing the tomahawk chop, and then it was noted uh, that uh, the Toledo School District banned the tomahawk chop fight song and the Indian mascot costume after consulting with the Calus tribe. And there is a bill in Olympia this year that would go even further. You know more mm-hmm. about it than Don't I do. spoil too much, because I think we're oh. going to have an article on Tuesday oh, oh, about no. it. Oh, and no. Toledo's response and our lawmaker's response. Could you <laughs> just tell yeah, me what do. the, just a, uh, a very quick, what would the bill do? And you don't have to tell so, me So, yeah, else. the bill would prohibit public schools from using um, mascots, logos, um, and and some other things uh, for for sports or uh, or other situations um and Mm -hmm. toledo is kind of the most obvious local example because until very recently they had some pretty offensive examples of that um they i believe i covered when they changed out their mascot costume mm -hmm. here 10 15 years ago well not 15 i think it was like 12 years ago two 
They, they, there was two separate events. There was, oh, a, there was a scaling back that started with what he's talking about, and oh, then dang. a uh, more recent two or three years ago um, yeah. removal of some other things. So, oh, now I'm looking forward to your story. So, um, yeah, I didn't know yeah. that was still in the works. And our, so our, our District 19 lawmakers, too, who are both in that committee, they were split on the bill, too, which I thought was... That is, you don't get very, a whole lot of that, because they're both yeah. Republicans. And anyways, well, let's save it for the print subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> you better read it. You better read it. Uh, yeah, speaking of renaming high schools, uh, Woodrow Wilson High School in Tacoma just decided to... or Something happened to where they're going to rename it in favor. They're going to change the name and rename it in honor of the first female mayor of Tacoma, I think. Um, That's pretty cool. And I thought that was cool, mostly, well, I mean, the, the social ramifications are important, but also, I would like to see any high school in Washington named after a president renamed. Like, rename them after somebody local. Yeah. Woodrow Wilson, uh, Eisenhower in Yakima. Eisenhower didn't hang out in Yakima. I'm sorry, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> rename it after, like, somebody important in Yakima. There's, I mean, it's kind of been like this slow generational change, really, like, um, I mean, I was sharing with Claudia, Eastern Washington University was until the 70s, the Savages, and mm-hmm. not the Eagles. That wasn't all that long ago. Um, uh, Brandon Hansen, friend of the pod, he and I went uh, to cover a story for USA Hockey once, right out of college, and we stayed in Salmon, Idaho, um, which was famous for being a, a place where Sacagawea had come through or something like that. They had a statue over there. And their team name was the Savages. <laughs> and oh. rather than oh. rather than change the name <laughs> of the the team, they just took the logo off the helmets. <laughs> they re- remained the Savages. So that oh. was then. I don't know if that's still true. And I don't want to you know, besmirch the good name of Salmon Idaho. All right. Uh, next tales from the takes page entry. Michael Wager says, "How about a C? How about a SeaTac two comma championship golf course or NASCAR Speedway on the Transalta Mine property?" And my big takeaway from this story: Michael flew in a helicopter and saw a bear. <laughs> Can you believe it? He did. He did. See he... what happens when you leave your lakeside property in Mossy Rock, Michael. <laughs> He briefly left the Chronicle, or left uh, what was LaFromboise Communications back in 2010, and he worked for Transalta for a while, so not only has he ridden in a helicopter air, and he also worked for Transalta, which makes him an expert, I would say. (laughs) And I agree with him. I think it should be a golf course. Uh, That is like the furthest thing from a wildlife (laughs) refuge. Like, that is so antithetical to the aim of this project. It is, but like 9,600 acres, you could put a lot of golf courses in there. But what about a NASCAR Speedway? Isn't that a massive undertaking? Wouldn't that be huge? That's not going to happen. Think about all the parking lot space. There's plenty of space out there. Well, you don't need as many parking lot spaces as you would think because the drivers all drive their cars to the race. Shut up. (laughs) So dumb. I hear elk also love parking lots, so it would be compatible. Have you seen Backwood? It's true. They Um, like to lick up the antifreeze. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So Michael says it's not often a 9,600 acre pristine property not far from I 5 becomes available. Lewis County needs to take advantage of this once in a generation opportunity. Unfortunately, Fish and Wildlife suddenly has made a play for all the land as a set-aside for wildlife and threatened species. Um, yeah, Mike would like to see something big and fun there that he can go to on the weekends. I actually think the airport idea wouldn't be awful for right there, you know, based on absolutely no expertise or I agree. Like, uh, like, if you're going to do something with it and you want to bring industry in, you know, an airport's a pretty good way to go. If, if it has to go somewhere along I-5... Mm-hmm. This is only what two, three miles from I five. Yeah, as and they the were, plane flies. They were 
As the uh, meadowlark flies. That's the, the real danger crawls. here. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and it's not too far, like, in, really, from where they were talking about in South Thurston County. So just on the other side of I-5 and, you know, west of ways. So, I don't know. Yeah, is it serendipity? Who knows? Maybe it could happen. We've had two columnists suggest it now, which means it should be an idea at this point. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Diane Dory also says the Transalta land transfer would be bad for the county and the state. She seems to be in favor of making it timberland, which doesn't sound all that bad, really. Um, you could log it. It's a renewable resource. It would put people to work. And you could probably set aside some of that timberland to put your turtles and your frogs and your larks in. <laughs> I, case closed. I'm sold. Yeah, done deal. All right. Uh, Here, let's let's send Claudia. You're smirking leave, at us. Do you have I have no comment about before that. Before we leave this topic, so I mentioned the uh, the letter. You didn't from, want to talk about from it. Andy Zahn. Well, I just you know I'm trying Timothy to be fair. Timothy Zahn. It's, it's Andy Zahn. Is it? This one is Andy Zahn. So it's a different. Perhaps Zahn, it's a different Zahn. Steve Zahn. I'm sorry. He was in Sahara. We'll just say Zahn of Tootle. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's probably only more than one. But uh, he wrote, they claim Lewis County has plenty of open public land in the east, but that's over an hour's drive from Chehalis and Centralia, a large wildlife area with significant outdoor re- recreation opportunities located immediately next to the cities would be of great benefit to them. So I agree with him on that. He's not wrong. I did like the few county officials that were opposed to having recreational fish and wildlife areas being like, we have plenty of that. Go to East Lewis County. There is a lot out there, but yeah, it is, it is a drive. It's a long ways away, it's pretty man. pretty far away. Yeah. All right, business feature roundup. First one, Rikert's Choice Meats sees business boom during pandemic. They Rikert's, have the meat. They do. I, oh, you <laughs> beat me to meat. it. Owner Dennis Linegar says, if a customer wants something, they get it at his butcher shop, and they want the meat. <laughs> uh, was that the lead? Was that the real lead? No. No, that was, okay. the, su- that was the subhead, minus the, and they want the meat part. I was excited. Uh, this was an Emily Fitzgerald story, by the way, um, about the popular locker packets, or locker packs, combination packages of different meats that are packaged together and frozen, typically feed up to two people per week. Oh, that's big. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of meat. That's a lot of meat. So I, I'd totally be up for that. It's probably like seven to ten pounds of meat. Emily mentioned that uh, uh, Dennis, uh, was it Leininger? Is that how you pronounce Linegar. it? Uh, Linegar. It wasn't the most talkative, so she really had to squeeze to get this like get this full business feature out. Uh, so. He's got meat to cut, yeah. man. I remember, like, uh, do you remember when the, 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 the pandemic scare of the day was that we were going to run out of meat? There was a meat shortage because, like, meat packing factories had all these COVID outbreaks. Mm-hmm. During that time, there was lines of, like, 20 to 30 people out their door. Yep. So I'm sure there's, there's some businesses that uh, are doing just fine. Well, if I needed meat, like, really? I would simply drive down the road to the wildlife preserve off of Hannaford and shoot it here. <laughs> uh, next one, Toledo Market, ready for season with adjustments. Yeah, that's a Karina Stanton story, and there's not a whole lot to that one other than they stopped for a while, um, kind of for just practical reasons. There wasn't really anything, you know, any crop to push, and they wanted to wait. and So they brought it back now, and it is every Thursday from 2 to 6 p.m., um, and the address is 115 Ramsey Way in Toledo. And if you check out the story, there's ways to get what you want without having to even go in or um, expose yourself to anyone out else. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they also have a website. Yeah, ToledoThursdayMarket.com. So check it out. And local dentist retires after 25 years, sells business to partner. 
I don't. Did he sell it to his partner? Uh, Dr. Donald Lee buys practice from Dr. James King, who operated Centralia for 25 years. Yeah, not his partner, but um, a new dentist for sure is coming down and taking oh, over. Oh, it's a new the, owner. Yeah, new, new owner. It's a typo on your show notes. It's uh, embarrassing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Dr. James King Family Dairy has... Re- eh. Dr. James King of Total Family Dentistry has retired after 25 years of owning and operating his dental practice on Harrison Avenue. Um, yeah. The new guy's going to come and set up. Another one's pretty cut and dry. All right. Great. Thanks for the insight. It was our first, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was our first full week. <laughs> There's been so much snow in her Butler news that I have forgotten about anything else. Uh, that was our first full week uh-huh. of business features without Eric Trent. So um, look out Tuesday, I'm told. Um, Is he coming back? No. No, he's oh. not. I look out Tuesday for a story on uh, Midway Cinema there in Chehalis. Oh, yeah. They're showing movies on the weekends. They have the movies. You're a cinephile, aren't you? I sure am. That's what I thought. Will you go watch a movie? Uh, depends on the movie, but perhaps. No, safety-wise. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, well, I would go see a movie that nobody else is going to see. Like when Brooks and I went to see Black Klansman at the Midway Theater. And the guy selling tickets is like, wow, nobody's been here to see this all day. Oh, good. It was like 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> so I would go see something like that. Uh, moving on to People's Champion of the Week. Do you have an entry? Because I have one. Yours is lame, but I don't How really... dare you? I don't really have one. I mean, Well, go ahead. See if you can come you know, up with something. My Claudia, People's Champion. You know people's champion? Ooh, no. My People's Champion the of the Week. The kids with the snow rake? Are the linemen who kept the power on, Aaron. I thought you were going to say yeah, the one. lineman from football that came back. No, not that. The uh, the lineman keeping the power on and, uh, you know, people plowing the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I got. We didn't have power for an hour and a half, and I almost died, Aaron. Wow. I had to spend <laughs> time with your, my family. Thank you for your service. <laughs> um, my People's Champion of the Week is occasional podcast guest Brandon Hansen, who has created life. The Brandalorian will be here in the, the summer or something. I don't know. I didn't read that far into his post. Yes, yes, yes. Brandon's pregnant. We get it. <laughs> He's having a child with his wife. Uh, Congratulations. Siren's, Siren's Banger of the Week. I can't remember if this is one we had last year, last week. No, we didn't, I don't think. I think it was this week, yeah. Uh, so anyway, the headline is just Naked in the Lobby from Shayless PD. Uh, caller reported that a 70-year-old man staying as a guest in a hotel was naked in the lobby, acting like he was going to break something, going behind the counter, and demanding to be let into a different room. No arrests were made. Raise your hand if you've never been naked in the lobby of something. <laughs> yeah, I think he was probably just locked out. Yeah, Poor probably dude. locked out or just having, having locked some... Locked out or confused. Yeah, having some issues. I, I preferred for Sirens Banger of the Week, a Mossy oh. Rock man arrested for allegedly staging burglary at parents' house, stealing guns, and $43,000. Wow. I saw that one, too, and considered it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was like a real Lewis County's Ocean's Eleven situation. <laughs> <laughs> Plot. It was I like quite the, the plot. They stole the guns just to make it look like a burglary, and then threw them in a pond. Like I like the confession from the so other funny. guy that was like, "Yeah, then we had to bust up the safe a little to make it look legit." Oh my god! <laughs> That's what I was reading all the way through. They like broke a window, like once they were inside, just to make it look like someone had gained access uh, that way. Yeah. It was the whole thing. But so uh, stupid. But uh, yeah, the, we should rename it the like we live in a society sirens banger of the week. I'm going to, you know, just for a little newsroom insight, we did get a call from uh, the significant other of the co-defendant in this case, and we were accused of, you know, highlighting him as a snitch 
and maybe getting him hurt in jail. And the, you mean the guy that told the cops what happened in the crime he committed? Yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. That guy? Yes, but uh, Emily, our crime reporter, got an earful after I got an earful, and um, I don't know. I just think if you're going to commit that crime, then maybe some of the responsibility is with you and not with the newspaper that reported on it two years after the fact. Also, I like. does that qualify you as a snitch if you're talking about the crime you committed? I thought a snitch was like ratting out somebody else for a crime they did or somebody higher up in the chain. Well, he did both, though, right? Well, was there somebody higher up in the chain? I don't think this was like an organized <laughs> crime situation. And he snitched on himself, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just, it was, a, it was a, you know, he's just telling. Kind of a snitch. I don't know. I like jailhouse snitches better. We also had uh, this guy um, uh. that I'm looking at here, which is not a funny story, but it did generate some buzz online. Cause, so $50,000 bail set for man accused of attempting to strangle a woman. Um, and the gentleman in the photo, which is taken from his oh, court it's appearance, he's just mm-hmm. got blood all over his head because apparently after he tried to strangle this woman, um, he decided to just ram his head into a television, and so it looks like that now. But, uh, yeah, there's some gnarly crime this week. Emily's doing a great job. Well, they got him in front of a judge real fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, props to the court system. I was confused <laughs> about that, too. Like, could it not be wiped off? How? Well, I think it's... I think it's uh, like, I think these are, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's you're blood. Right. It it's not like, it's like stabs there pretty or quick. something. Yeah. It's pretty gnarly. Great beard, though. Am I right? Yeah, very trimmed. Not oh, like nice. Aaron's. Yours was hideous. I'm glad How you took you. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you were scared by my manliness. Um, Claudia, I was driving into work the other day. And <laughs> this I, is the day before <laughs> I shaved my beard. <laughs> I saw this person running towards me along the side of the uh-huh. street. And I was like, why is that bum running so fast? It was Aaron. Cute. I didn't see it until the last I don't know minute. Why you thought I was a bum? You didn't like my yellow fleece, <laughs> my leggings. I'm sorry. I legitimately, I mean, it was, it was really what I thought. So, and no, you hated the homeless. Um, anyway, <laughs> Facebook comments of the week. We are just burning through them this week. Uh, the best comments came from the story on a lack of school bus drivers. God, that one was really active. That was a Celine Fitzgerald story. People were all over story. this one. Some of the comments, I would not drive a school bus if it paid $100 an hour, to which oh. I thought, I would. Yeah, I quit yeah, my job. Sure, <laughs> let's go. Is that coming from like this person hating children or just being elitist? Uh, the person was Jeff Bezos. It's <laughs> like not even for a million dollars an hour. I think they were just saying it's a, most of them seem to really be saying it, it's a tough job. You got kids screaming behind you all the time. Because yeah. as yeah. another commenter said, kids in the 21st century suck. Uh, <laughs> this person's grandchildren have stopped visiting, I assume. Uh, one other comment that jumped out at me, out of control yelling and screaming, smells like butthole and barf. <laughs> That's can't discipline. That would be hard to take for very long. Jesus. Um, spot the lie, I guess. If a bus smells like butthole and barf, I wouldn't want to drive it either. Um, Her story was really good, though, and she noted, um, she mostly talked about Centralia, Chehalis, and Toledo, because mm-hmm. Toledo, um, last Thursday, I believe, didn't have enough school bus drivers, so they simply had to do remote learning for the day because they couldn't get all the kids in. So That's it, crazy it is a real problem. Yeah. yeah. Like, especially during a pandemic where so many other things could have forced you to switch to remote, it wasn't even 
the virus. It wasn't even an outbreak. It was just, oh, we don't have a school bus driver. It made me wonder, though, if maybe indirectly it is, because I know from experience, like, a lot of those bus drivers are retired folks that are making some extra mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. stays active. So if you're, like, in your 60s, 70s, um, maybe you just don't want to expose yourself to all those kids. Like, and yeah. So maybe that shrunk the pool a little bit. But, yeah, Chris Rust, the superintendent down there in Toledo, said, you know, it's a $20 an hour job with benefits and part-time, so he can't understand why he can't get people in there. But uh, I do know that Shayla's Butthole and Barth would be one good reason. <laughs> Shahela's mayor, Dennis Dawes, was a school bus driver for a long time after he retired as police chief. What's his way of, like, keeping an eye on things, right? Uh, I guess. What? Maybe just, like, driving a bus. Yeah? Um, yeah, he was doing it up till... He might still be doing it, I'm not sure, but... Up keeping till a couple his years eye ago. on what, Eric? The streets. The children. Ear to the streets. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he didn't feel like walking a beat, so he drove one. Yeah. In a bus. Eye on the community. So weird. Nobody ever thinks to not commit crimes when there's a school bus around. Mm-hmm. You just figure out oh, there, they're too much paying attention to those kids. <laughs> it was deep like butthole and bark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. A letter to the editor from Jamie Lund about the Transalta land. The comment Jamie, what do you have against public land? How did it hurt you? Uh, which what made was me that, think what about. What was that on? Because he didn't write. You're talking about his commentary. It was like two weeks ago. Uh, there was a letter to the editor, and I think Jamie Lund commented oh, on it. Oh, I see, I see. And so somebody replied to his comment, which made me wonder, like, what ways could public land hurt you? Like, the time we were walking into a restaurant, and you stepped in a mud hole, and then your shoe <laughs> fell off. Uh, I'll never forget. It was after a late-night viewing of Lincoln. Oh, what a day. <laughs> um, and then one last comment on Nightcrawler's photo of downtown Chehalis covered in snow. Why does that pic of downtown look so strange? <laughs> I, I saw was that. Was it the snow? I don't know. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know either. I don't. You mentioned before that it makes everything kind of look miniature. Maybe that's what they meant. Yeah, I think that drone makes everything look like those little toy, you know, towns that weird people <laughs> set up in their basement. Yes, it's a true welcome to Marwin situation. Nightcrawler has going on. Not weird people. Sorry, I don't want to offend <laughs> anyone. Just, you know, quirky just folks, hobbyists, people <laughs> with the uh, model trains and whatnot. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? We already know Claudia has a story about school mascots coming in Tuesday's paper or thereabouts. Uh, Schwartz, what else is what else is coming up in your fine publication? Uh, what else is coming up? Well, I've spent the last uh, hour and a half curating the Internet's finest photos of dogs, not just any dogs, local dogs playing in the snow. Oh. And you're going to be able to find those on page main 16 of tomorrow's Thank paper. Goodness. So if you want to just buy a paper, rip... 16 right off and toss the rest in the garbage, I wouldn't blame you because we've got some really, really good boys on there. Just imagining somebody like barging into Jerry's store in Chehalis and shoving somebody out of the way. Give me the snow pictures of the dogs. <laughs> uh, we have two stories coming from Karina Stanton. Um, both of them are kind of business features, and they're interesting, too. One of them is about a couple that owns a business down in Winlock. They uh, restore... Uh, and renovate classic campers, so like airstreams. Oh, cool. um, mm-hmm. It's really good, really really good job. I was very interested by it. So we have that, and then we have a woman out in Silver Creek um, who makes her own soap, which is kind of fun as well. Mm. Um, but that's as part of a larger farm. It's Harmony Heritage Farm, which I believe we've written about before. But this one focuses more on, her on the soap. soap. Yes. And we'll have some Herrera Butler news from the Seattle Times in there, and uh, yeah, lots of good stuff. All right, and with that, I believe we are closing out this episode of Chronicle News Dump. Thank you for listening. As always, you can subscribe on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, or you can listen to it like a caveman on cronline.com and boost Schwartz's numbers and ego. 
And with that, we will talk to you next week. You know what? I didn't like the show. I didn't like you. You just really stunk. The whole thing, real bad. Stinkeroo. Thanks for the tickets, though.